I'll just cut that down as well. Monday morning, guys. Nine o'clock Central. Ten, eight. We're out of back by show. Monday morning. at the track the hot pass racing network puts you at the track with arca and all the major nascar series from daytona to the final checkered flag the hot pass racing network is your inside pass all right everyone live still from watkins glen infields play the winners from us Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and kind of do a little commentary in between the guests. If you've never been to Watkins Glen, folks, pay attention. It's a must, at least put on your bucket list, a must-see race track if you've ever been racing up here in wine country. Beautiful wine, the hills in the back, landscaped beautifully, a great, a great, great staff. The media room was way above... Uh, being excellent. I mean, plenty of room. Uh, really, really nice. The food was great here. They really took care of us. But guys, what we're going to start with, the Arc Menard Series kicked this all up. Off, and we were in uh, temperature. Got here uh, all day. It was nice. to get close to, to race time at 6 o'clock. It starts clouding up. And as normal sometimes, it starts the mist. As they were doing the introductions, and after the misting kind of slowed down, there was a flurry of uh, rain tires coming out because they they figured that they would be putting rain tires before the race started. So the big ob- obstacle of they didn't need the rain tires till the very last come in for one lap to put rain tires on, and it was some kind of finish at the end. So uh, we're going to listen to Jesse Love here. We have Jesse Love, winner of the General Tire 100, here with us in the Media Center. Uh, Jesse, if you can, walk me through your thought process on that lap coming to green and then what happened on that final lap. Uh, Obviously, I was nervous, as we all know. Um, Didn't really know what to do. Uh, Obviously, I'm kind of like a strain of dog on a road course. I feel like right now I need to get better. But uh, the only thing I had going for me was that I just knew that I was going to be really aggressive. And I thought that when it went that wet, that Connor would maybe get complacent because I've done that so many times. <laughs> Did that at Berlin this year. And uh, we went in the bus stop, and he left it early. And then I just maybe smelled a little bit of blood in the water. And uh, didn't get through the carousel that well. So my last-ditch effort was to use all the all the track off of uh, six and uh, did that move in sim a few times just to see what it would do. So I was pretty confident about it. I only used third gear instead of second and uh, just try to get within a bumper's length uh, on entry. And obviously I have a lot of grip out there because I'm using more racetrack and there's no rubber when you're tracked out that far and the the surface is a lot more coarse. So I thought that it would have a lot more grip. Um, and it did, had a lot of grip and I shot out there and jumped back in the gas and obviously he got complacent and I was able to get to his bumper and I wasn't going to move, like, wreck him because, I mean, he's my best friend. I love the kid, um, and he's a phenomenal – and it was his day. But uh, I thought that if I could just nudge him up a little bit and get him in the rumble strips on exit, 
it's funny, I was thinking about all this before we got green, I was so nervous, um, if I could just get him in the rumble strips, that uh, he would have no drive, and I could drag race him down the straightaway, and that's obviously kind of how it played out, <clears throat> now that I think about it, it was like maybe a little bit more glorified now that I'm talking about it, but yeah, I just was able to drag race him to the line, and uh, it was great afterwards, I felt, you know, really pumped up, probably the most pumped up I've been all year after a win, uh, obviously it, it does suck though, um, taking away something that means so much, like what it does to Connor. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of opportunities, and he's so damn good at road racing. It's incredible. Him and Brent Cruz both are. So um, it feels great. At the same time, it really sucks. All right, we'll open it up to questions here. We'll go start with uh, Nathan, and then we'll go over to Rowdy here. And we'll go back to Bob. Nathan Simon with a podium finish. Jesse, with, when the caution comes out with five laps to go and with the darkness and the rain, were you thinking maybe they'd just call it at that point, or kind of what was your thought Hell, process no. there? I was hoping not. Um, no, I just – I'm a big believer in God, and uh, I always ask him if he could just maybe um, favor me in the race. I'd really appreciate it. I saw Connor, uh, his sway bar broke, and I knew for a few laps it was going to be a big hindrance for him until it clearance itself. And then, hell yeah, once it clearance itself, he was just as fast as he was, and we were about even on lap time. Before that, I was definitely quicker, and I was able to, you know, chop down that margin. And then we evened out. So I thought that it was just going to come down to whoever could just outrace each other because at that time, with no sway bar for him, we were even on speed. Um, and then, yeah, when, when it started to rain, that's when I got really nervous because I don't, didn't know what the heck to do. Uh, and then we were pitting, and I thought that was good for us. And then we were going to line up fifth, and I thought that was great for us, and then we were lined up fourth, and I thought that was terrible for us, and uh, obviously it kind of got hectic there, using all the racetrack and having cars that were off the pace and or on slick tires, so yeah, once I was able to get to second, that's kind of when everything cleared out, and I could just stop going off instinct and actually think about what I needed to do. All right, we'll bring it up to Rowdy. Rowdy Maglite with Rowdy Maglite Racing. Jesse, I, congratulations on your season, but you don't have much time to revel in the wind. You've got to be in Springfield. What's your thoughts on the dirt track? I'm looking forward to it. I love dirt racing. Obviously, have a great group of people around me that, uh, but for the grace of God, let me go dirt racing still. Um, I think it gives me an edge, especially when we do go dirt racing in a payment car. So um, we were good there last year. We won at Springfield, finished second at the coin, uh, and I think this year we should be just as good. Brent Cruz is going to be tough. He's a, also a phenomenal dirt racer. Like dirt and road racing are his kind of specialties. And um, <clears throat> I think that I'll be a lot better at Springfield than I was today. I wasn't by any means impressive today, but just wanted it, I feel like. So looking forward to Springfield, hopefully having a little bit more of a dominating performance than I did tonight. Uh, and obviously with an extra 20000 on the line for winning both races, it could uh, start off there. would be huge. So Looking forward to hopefully getting gear wrench back in victory lane, too. All right, we'll bring it up to Bob, and then we'll send it to Chris. Uh, Bob Hockers, Fox Sports. Did you get sick celebrating, or did it happen during the race? I got sick uh, when it started to rain and got really wet because I didn't know what the heck to do, Bob. I mean, I felt like you probably pit reporting today. I didn't, you probably didn't know what to do either. I didn't know what to do. Uh, and, my, and I just it got the best of me when we sat there after we left pit road, <clears throat> and I was like, oh, Lord, like, what do I do? So... Normally I can think about my moves, uh, but I just had to kind of go off of instinct there. and I settle myself down. I just get worked up. Um, once I get going, I calm back down completely, but 
yellow flags and red flags. I hate them things because I just start thinking. So maybe I got to work on that. I had a lot of we had like chicken for catering, and it didn't sit well with me either. So that didn't help. But um, that was embarrassing. But so it was before that last final restart. Yeah, it was. So we came up here, put rain tires on, and then we went, we rolled up and sat behind the pace car for five minutes. And I was just marinating in my own thoughts, and that sucked. And that's when it happened. I got sick. Did that dis- I'm just curious, like, did that distract you, or like, was, or did you feel better after? Uh, I just feel better. I was like, okay, I feel a little bit better now. Um, but at the same time, like, I was still nervous. But once I get rolling, you know, once the motor fires up, I kind of start to zone out again, and I feel confident about what I'm going to go do, and I have, and I stop thinking about it. So uh, once we got rolling again, I was fine. How was your day, by the way? Was it good? I think we're going to do a Bob Pockris media availability when we're done here. All right. <laughs> Go ahead, Chris. ChrisNightCatchUs.com. Uh, Jesse, I was just curious, what's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself as a driver this year? Uh, I have uh, I felt like, you know, a little bit personal, but after uh, Phoenix, I thought I was, wasn't going to make it, you know, um, and just kind of had a moment of realization before Talladega that, and I had some moments of greatness where I beat Ty Gibbs at Salem or I, uh, you know, won midget races or won super late races against Stephen Nassie and Bob Pollard. And then I just kind of figured that on my best possible day that I could possibly have with the talent that's God, that God's given me, uh, if I do my best possible job that Jesse Love can do, that I should have a shot to win. And uh, I never think about, you know, going into a weekend. I never go like, oh, I want to win this weekend. I just focus on doing the best job that Jesse Love can do. And uh, if I do have those days, uh, hopefully my career would shake out, and I think that is kind of where my uh, season and my career kind of has turned around over the last six months. Um, got a lot closer to God about just trusting that process and uh, and staying faithful and not worrying about anything. I don't have any worries now, and, uh, you know, I just go in every weekend just trying to do the best job that Jesse Love can do. All right, Jesse, we'll let you get out of here. I know it's uh, – oh, we got one more. Jim, I'm sorry. Jim Outer Motorsport.com. Jesse, you were, uh, had some very nice words about Connor after the race. I just wondered, um, this being his first a big heavy stock car start, uh, even though he's been very good, obviously, on road courses, did you expect him to be as good as Hell he was yeah. today? And what did you think when you when the race turned out the way it did where you found the two of you <clears throat> racing each other for the win down at the, at the finish? I, I wasn't surprised. Um, I was surprised that Corey was as fast as he was. Um, I wasn't surprised that Brent was as fast as he was or Connor. Uh, Connor and Brent are my two closest friends out in North Carolina. We kind of have our little really tight-knit three-friend group. It's about all I have as far as friends go. And uh, we keep each other grounded, and we know everything about each other. So I kind of knew everything that Connor was going to do. I knew everything that Brent was going to do. Um and yeah, like I said, it, it just sucked to take something away that meant so much to him. But at the same time, like I gotta set myself up to have opportunities to go race on Saturdays and then hopefully one day on Sundays. So um, every opportunity I see, I just need to go. I try to seize it and, and take it, even if it's not my day. Um, but yeah, Connor is Connor and Brent are the two best up and coming drivers that you know I've ever been able to race against. So going into this weekend, I'm actually talking to Bob before the race, and uh, and I knew that they were gonna be the two best cars to beat so and they were so 
two phenomenal race car drivers I have a lot of respect for. And, uh, you know, they have the talent to, you know, be top one percenters for sure. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. We will now continue with our media availabilities for today. We are now joined by our race winner, Sam Mayer. Congratulations, Sam. We'll go ahead and open it up for questions. If you have one, please raise your hand, and we will get a mic over to you. We'll start here with Zach. Zach Sterniel of NASCAR.com. Sam, congratulations on the win. Um, take me through that final restart there going into turn one and, and choosing uh, that lane on the restart as well. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Marty came over to the radio and said after that first restart that we had an hour meeting about lane choice and everything like that, and I completely disregarded it in the heat of the moment. So um, lots to learn on the, in that sense to keep my cool and keep my mind down. But for that second restart, we um, we chose bottom to – I wanted to put them three wide middle there uh, just to kind of get them pinned down because I knew the 21 was on new tires, so he was going to get a good launch, and I tried to – get to the inside of the 19 to push him up into the 21 because I knew if the 21 got the lead, he was going to he was gonna drive away from everybody, even the 19. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a tough deal. Uh, overdrove the corner trying to get to the inside of him, wheel hopped and slid straight into him. Uh, obviously, as a race car driver, I wouldn't appreciate that, and I don't appreciate doing that to people. I don't look highly on it, obviously, and uh, it was just a, it was just a mistake, one of those deals, and uh, I know that he's obviously upset, and I would be too. But it's um, trying to get an Xfinity regular into into the victory lane is my priority. Additional questions? Okay, we'll go to Dustin, Nathan, and Bob. Dustin, let me know, Jayski, Sam. Other drivers might they might not have liked that move as well. Some of the Xfinity Series regulars. Do you expect to be raced differently? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I'll probably get struck out of line or something next week at Daytona because uh, people aren't appreciative of it. But I, I know I know the 21 was upset. He put me in the grass after the checkered. But um, it, we we're all just trying to race for the win. And I know if the 21 chose third there, that he was going to try to put it three wide bottom and and he might slide up into the 19. Who knows? Like like each and every driver in the field is is capable of making that mistake. And uh, I'm not saying I'm better or different, but I made that mistake too. And um, I wouldn't appreciate if it's done to me, like I said, but um, it's part of making mistakes. Go to Nathan, then Bob, then Holly. Nathan Salm with the podium finish. Sam, the restart before NASCAR overtime, the four to go, you got fenced there by the 19. Uh, obviously, you're upset there on the radio. Just what, what did you see on, on that restart? Yeah, I... I I know that if I was able to stay at his quarter, and he knew that too, that's why he did what he did. If if I was able to stay there and, and side draft him down the back, I would have beat him into the bus stop and, and, and probably had the lead there. So as a cup driver, he knows that, and he, he's really intelligent when it comes to that. He's aware. And so he fed me a little a little fender, and it about <laughs> wrecked me and put 
um, us in a really dangerous spot. So I was pretty upset about that because because of my point of view. Um, Kevin, my spotter, said over the radio that he's a cup spotter, and he, he would have said to his driver to do that too. So it's just part of the really aggressive racing that we see nowadays. And um, in the heat of the moment, I was really upset about it. And, I mean, that's the reason why I chose – uh, right behind him is because I wanted to, I wanted to be the aggressor and put him through wide middle. Uh, obviously, that didn't turn out the way uh, I was intending, but it's, um, like I said, part of just making mistakes as a young driver. Now, you've won two of the last four races. You know, before you're, you're in the series for, for two years and you hadn't won a race. Um, before Road America, did, did doubt ever seep into your mind that maybe you wouldn't be able to get this moment? And now that, that, you're, that you're here, how gratifying is it to... Uh, accomplish what you have so far in these last months yeah like i mean we're all human so we all have our negative thoughts that we have uh each and every day and uh doubt comes in your mind every now and then and um it pushes you harder i think that i it's literally like in the middle of the race at road america i told myself i was like if i can somehow win today i i feel like i can do anything and i somehow did exactly that and uh my confidence with that just went absolutely through the roof and I think that kind of really showed today, too, that I was just super confident in my race car. My car placement was so good today. I felt like a completely different driver coming back to this road course and going to Indy, too. I mean, we were right there with all the cup guys in that one, too. I was probably the best Xfinity regular the last couple of weeks. And, um, I mean, obviously you want to go out there and win, and we did that today, uh, thanks to God. But, like, um, it's frustrating to see all these other guys winning and then finally getting those wins. Uh, it just makes it that much more special. Go to Bob. Bob Parker's Fox Sports. I have two. The first, so if it wasn't Ty Gibbs in the lead, do you, would you have tried anything differently, either because it wasn't Gibbs? Or it would be the was... exact same thing because I'm going there for the win. I, I'm trying to do my best to get in victory lane for my team and my organization. Um, I would probably, if, if, if the same restart happened and he got a better restart than me again, whoever it is, I would try to get to the inside of them as well. Obviously, I wouldn't try to wreck anybody, including Ty. Uh, we have a history, and everyone looks at that differently. I don't. I just want to race a race car driver. Um, it definitely sucks that it's him um, because I don't want that. I don't want that for anybody, um, but it's just part of making mistakes as a young driver. I, I can only use that excuse so many times, and today's one of those days. And Sheldon said he slid in oil and that's why he missed the turn there that where you got the lead. The track, you... the track was in rough shape. <laughs> it was not in good shape. The carousel turn six and seven was pretty sketchy. Um, but I said over uh, Sirius XM that, like, I saw him do that, and I adapted myself to the knowledge that I had to make sure I don't make that mistake too. Are there any last questions for Sam? All right, Sam. Oh, we got one more. Chris, go ahead. Sam, how do you feel about the playoffs approaching and where your number one team is at? Do you feel good about the playoffs and the strength of the GRM team? I feel like we're the best in the garage right now when it comes to Xfinity regulars. I think that we have so much momentum that it's going to be hard to stop us. Like, we had all this good stuff going, and we busted off a win at Road America, and we kept it going, and we busted off a win here. So... Um, we're a force to be reckoned with. Uh, there was a podcast or two out there a couple weeks ago that said I'll be an Xfinity, Xfinity Series championship contender in two years. Uh, I'm going to blow that out of the water and try to go do that this year and hopefully next year.
There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. And we will wrap up our post-race media availabilities with our race winner, William Byron. William, congratulations. We'll go ahead and open it up for questions. If you have one, please raise your hand, and we will get a mic over to you. We'll start with Dustin. Dustin Lovino, Jayski. Uh, William, congrats on the win. Um, you've won at pretty much all types of races now, um, but how important was it to win on a road course? Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought about that, but... It is cool. We have a, a variety of racetracks that we've won races on, so that's that's neat for our team. Um, you know, I think road courses this year have been really tough for us. I think we started the year strong at Coda, had top you know top two speed. Uh, Reddick was the car to beat, but we were we were a close second um, there, and I felt like you know we could build on that for the rest of the year, and I got excited for the road courses, and and then we just went through a slump there uh, with Sonoma and Chicago where it was just really tough for us, and uh, we struggled. And, and then I think, um, you know, we started to turn the corner at Indy last week. You know, we had a lot of speed coming from the back. Um, just had good grip in our car. Felt like I could push the car to make lap time. And I felt optimistic coming here that we could run that we could run well. Um, but Rudy kind of kept talking me down. He's like, okay, we just need to get a solid, you know, top ten. And I think I really just felt optimistic that we could run well. But as soon as we got out there in practice and the the way the car felt through some of the corners that are really important here, I just felt really good about about what we had. So, um, yeah, just just really proud of the team. It's it's cool to get that first road course win. It's taken a lot of effort. A big thanks to Max and and everything that we've kind of put into it, and um, it's nice to see it pay off. Additional questions for William? Come down here to Jerry. Jerry Jordan, KingmanTowers.net, a couple of them. Uh, first off, if I'd ask you at the beginning of the season that you were going to rack up five wins before we ever got to Daytona for the cutoff of the regular season, uh, what would your comments have been? be pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I think we we knew that we could do that. We knew we were capable. It's just last year was tough with the new car. We we hit hit the ground running, and we had some good results early. We were, Even back to testing, we were really fast in testing. Um, you know, and, and then it seemed like the car evolved and we just, we struggled to kind of adapt and evolve with it a little bit through the summer and in the, in the fall, we showed up with a lot of speed again. So I think in the fall last year, saw a lot of potential. It was really us in the 11 throughout the playoffs in terms of average finish and running position. And, um, you know, I, I think the start of this year, uh, started to roll really, really smooth. And then, um, we just kind of got into a rhythm. And out there earlier today is, you know, you're dominating your head of everybody by a couple of seconds, but what's going through your mind to get this win? And, and once you cross the, you know, you hell of a burnout there on the, on the front stretch a couple of times, I believe. So, uh, you know, what were you thinking and what was, what was the emotions like for you? Yeah. I mean, I was just, um, 
just no caution, you know, just praying for no caution. Uh, I think everyone in the lead always has that that mindset. It's it's um you're trying to prepare if there is one, so you're trying to manage the tires. You're thinking about what do I need in terms of adjustment if we have to pit. Um, so you're just thinking about all those factors. Um, and I think for us, we just tried to manage all those things and, and uh, really kind of the first the last five laps just tried to kind of manage the gap and take care of the brakes, take care of the, the shifting, make sure I was smooth on upshifts, downshifts, and um, all that stuff pays off. Final call for questions. There are the hands. <laughs> Bob. Bob Pockris, Fox Sports. Was there, I mean, it was a track position race, so did you feel like once you passed Denny that it was your race to lose, and was there any moment in there where you felt like you made a mistake that might cost you? Yeah, it was. I think this place is becoming more and more track position over the last couple of years. It's just, it's really fast-paced, and um, the setups keep getting better. We keep evolving, and um, yeah, so I think it's it's tough to, you know, guys don't make a lot of mistakes, um, but when I was able to, to get Denny there, um, you know, up through the S's, I, I felt good about that, and then I felt like it was all going to come down to how close could I stay to uh, to McDowell for the pit cycle, and I, I didn't want to burn through the tires too much, um, you know, and, and so I felt like I was keeping a good gap to him, and uh, we just just really thankful Rudy did a great job on the on the strategy there going into stage two um, to stay out one lap later, have a clean lap with clean air. Our car was really fast, so once we put ourselves in clean air, gave us a little bit of a buffer, and we and we took the lead on that site on that sequence. So, just really uh, really good execution by the whole team for that. And um, yeah, I knew we had a great car in practice. We were really fast. We'll come over here to Zach in the middle, and then over here to Nathan. Zach Sterniolo, NASCAR.com. William, congrats on this. Um, on Looking ahead to Daytona now, um, obviously Chase and Alex are both on the outside looking in. How does Hendrick Motorsports approach that um, going into Saturday night's race? Yeah, I mean, just try to help those guys as much as we can. Um, you know, Super Speedways is really the, the place that we can help the most. You know, all the – I got a few questions about it. All the other tracks are – it's tough to, to help, you know, unless you're just – really equal and battling it out um but you know super speedways is a chance everyone you know is is really close there so hopefully um hopefully we can push those guys when we when we need to and um you know i, I intend on being aggressive there and um you know just make sure all my belts are tight and make sure we're uh ready to go go to nathan then rowdy and kelly Nathan Song with the podium finish. William, you kind of talked about, you know, yesterday, uh, you know, the ups and downs that you've had in the summer in the past. So is this win just kind of a good momentum boost or, or, or uh, more of like a, hey, we're, we're still here type victory to, to kind of put that aside? Yeah, I mean, we've had a tough uh, four races, I would say. Um, but we've had speed at, I think, three of the four. Um, you know, Indy comes to mind, uh, Michigan and Pocono. And then the other ones we – didn't quite have the speed or, or we had issues during the race. So, um, yeah, it's just it's just part of the ebbs and the flows of the season. I think that um, you want to be on kill for 38, but it's really hard to just be good every single week. So, um, yeah, I think it, it naturally was kind of a little bit of a reset for us and, and try to get ready for the playoffs. 
And then I asked Jeff, Jeff this as well when he's in there, but obviously the 24 cars had a lot of success here at Watkins Glen, so just how neat is it to, to bring the 24 back to Victory Lane here? Yeah, it's cool. I spent a lot of time watching summer races here with that, you know, Flames car and how good he was here at the Glen. So I would always, you know, it was him and Tony Stewart basically all the time. So, um, yeah, it's it's great to carry on that legacy with the car and, um, you know, we'll share a couple of memories over it. Go to Rowdy. Rowdy Maglite with Rowdy Maglite Racing Media. Uh, William, do you think back-to-back uh, -back road courses played a big part in the day's victory? Uh, yeah, I think the momentum from last week was really big. I think, you know, Steve Letarte talked about it. We had a really good run from the back. It was, you know, it kind of went unnoticed because we finished 14th and there were no cautions. You know, we didn't show much of anything there, but we just were passing people and working our way through the field and just felt really good about our car. So I think uh, that, that momentum carried to this weekend and gave us some confidence. What's it like working with Max pa uh, Max Pappas? Yeah, I mean, we've worked together forever, so um, we've developed a friendship, and, and um, you know, I think that over the time, over years and years, I mean, we, we talk about racing, and um, we probably do less of the day-to-day -day stuff now um, than, than we used to maybe in the Xfinity or at the beginning of the Cup days, but uh, we still keep in touch and talk all the time. We'll go to Kelly and then Chris and wrap with Dalton. KellyCrandallRacer.com. I asked you yesterday if you just needed some momentum, and you said that, you know, the difference last year is you guys just weren't putting races together. Rudy came in here a little while ago, and he said that when looking at the playoffs, that you guys are really confident, really looking forward to the playoffs. He loves the 10 races. Why why does this, this year feel different? I mean, t obviously take the wins aside, but, but why the confidence booster? Why is, <laughs> why is Rudy saying you guys are so looking forward to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think he's, out of all the crew chiefs I've worked with in my life, I think he, he really values, you know, I think Chad was similar in his, you know, days with Jimmy. Like, we really focused on those 10 races and focus on what that looks like and build our setups around that. So, um, you know, I think he, we do kind of lose sight maybe in July and August of kind of what is still at play there. But um, I think that, yeah, we're focused on those races. I, I feel good about our notebook for those tracks, but there's also a lot of good cars. The 11's been really fast. The 19's been really fast. The 5 has been really good. So uh, we just got to keep keep building, but um, I, I think the tracks suit us well, and I think he, he knows those tracks really well. So I feel like we'll, we'll have good race cars there. Go to Chris, and then we'll wrap with Dalton. Chris9Kitchfence.com is a slightly harder question, but is the beer good luck, and how long do you plan to keep it through the playoffs? Well, it's been it's been here for a while. Uh, it's been here since last fall. I just I just started kind of figuring it out and how to <laughs> maintain it. But it's um but yeah I I uh, yeah I, I like it. You know it's uh it's whatever. It's what I it's what I feel good. You know feel good in. Most important thing, my girlfriend likes it, so I feel like that's the most important thing. But it's um yeah I think uh, it's here to stay for sure. And everyone's talked about the playoff beards, and I'm a big hockey guy, so. Got to keep it. We'll wrap with Dalton. Go ahead. Hey, William. Dalton Hopkins with com. William, let's say that Chase and Alex don't make into the playoffs after next week. How does how does that affect Hendrick Motorsports as a whole, as an organization, and does it even matter to you when you're going for a championship? Um, yeah, I mean, we'd love for those guys to, to make it in. Um, 
you know, it, it means a lot to have all four cars in the playoffs. But I think for us, we are focused on the 24 team when we're racing and when we're preparing. Um, but yeah, we try to, we all lean on each other a lot for, for setups and advice and, um, kind of owe a lot to each team for, you know, everyone has their strengths and, you know, different racetracks that everyone's really strong at and, um, try to, try to do the best we can leaning on each, each team. All right, William, congratulations. Thanks for the time and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Well, we'll uh, go ahead and get started here. Uh, what is soon to be afternoon at the Indianapolis uh, Motor Speedway. Great to see everyone. Uh, certainly exciting news a few months ago. The announcement of the partnership between uh, Hendrick and Aero McLaren and today unveiling the cars as we're uh, a step closer to the Hendrick 1100 uh, coming up next May, both here in Indianapolis and in Charlotte. I'd like to recognize uh, a few folks that are with us here today. Mark Miles, President and CEO of Penske Entertainment Corp. Mark, thanks for being here. Uh, as well as uh, some folks, some friends here at uh, General Motors as well. Great to have Jim Campbell here, Chevrolet U.S. Vice President Performance in Motorsports, and Dr. Eric Warren as well, Chevrolet Executive Director, Global Motorsports Competition. Thanks, guys, for being here today. Uh, oh, and we have an Indy 500 champion here as well. Repre- you know, you don't know. It's 2013 Indianapolis 500 winner uh, Tony Kanaan, who's with Aaron McLaren these days. Uh, Tony, thank you for being here as well. Uh, on stage today, we welcome uh, Gavin Ward on the far left. He's the racing director at Aero McLaren IndyCar. Uh, in the middle, of course, Kyle Larson, driver of the number 5 HendrickCars.com Chevrolet. And next May, the number 17 HendrickCars.com Aero McLaren Chevrolet. And, of course, on the far right, Mr. Rick Hendrick, owner of Hendrick Motorsports and chairman of Hendrick Automotive Group. Uh, Mr. H, we'll, be, we'll begin with you. You know, you guys are making this uh, this look easy, this uh, partnership. I know it's not. It's never easy on something like this. But uh, just talk about how big of an undertaking this has been and, and your experience uh, thus far as we uh, look ahead to May next year. Well, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, how it's going to work. And uh, But I'll have to give Aaron McLaren the credit because they, uh, they had a plan and we looked at it and uh, – and so we're starting to execute. We, the day was one of those days, and Kyle's been in simulator some, and and we're hopefully we'll be here for, in October for the rookie deal. And so the sponsor was no problem. So uh, we um, we're just really excited, you know, to think we can we can partner with a world class team that has tremendous speed and uh, reputation. I feel very, very fortunate. You know, number one, I wanted to own the car, but I had to, I had to have a partner that could, uh, could, could make it work. And so, uh, Gavin and his team, everybody there, Zach, have been so uh, helpful, and uh, we feel like we've been together longer than, than six months. But uh, it's, it's an exciting time and something all of us have dreamed about. And uh, of course, Kyle 
put a lot of pressure on me. But, uh, but I'm used to that sprint cars. But no, it's uh, it's all it's all good. We're really excited. Do it with Chevrolet too. Never raced anything but a Chevrolet, and so we can do that. And uh, again, we're just we're real honored to be able to even come participate in in this event. So uh, we're, we're we're excited. Gavin, we'll turn to you. Maybe you can talk about the process uh, a little bit more as we make this uh, dream a reality. And the sim runs that Mr. H talked about, seat fitting and so on, where do you guys stand right now? Yeah, we've got the seat fit um, done. We've done, done some laps in the in the sim. We're getting ready to, as uh, Mr. H mentioned, do, do some first real running here uh, in October. Um, but, you know, our goal is just, to build up and get as much uh, prep and seat time as, as we can, um, you know, just to hit the ground running and uh, be as prepared as possible come May. Absolutely. Uh, and Kyle, first of all, congratulations. Uh, you, you got in, what, 4 a.m. or so, fresh <laughs> off of Knoxville. Uh, with each step, you know, this becomes more a, a reality. Um, how do you manage the anticipation, the excitement of all this, knowing you full well you've got uh, another job here before uh, you know, with the NASCAR Cup Series? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm obviously I'm extremely excited, um, but at the same time I'm so busy <laughs> that yeah. uh, racing and and trying to take care of my family that you know I haven't like it hasn't really set in yet that it's that it's truly a reality. Um, when you have days like today and you unveil the car, you know, all those little steps, it definitely you know, makes it seem more real. But uh, I'm sure once things slow down in the off season, I have a lot of time to sit around and think about the upcoming season is when it's really going to hit. And I'm sure that's when all the, the nervousness will start to creep in, and um, but as well as the excitement. So um, I look forward to prepping even more i definitely obviously look forward to october and getting to do the rookie orientation um i am i have thought about that a little bit so i am i am nervous when i when i do think about that but uh, i think once i get in the car a lot of those those nerves will uh hopefully go away after a few laps and um you know, it'll feel it'll feel like home just like all the other race cars i drive one more before we open it up for questions anything surprise you about uh, the process here or about indycar thus far um, not, I would just, not really. I mean, I think just kind of how easy it's all been as far as like going to fit the seat and all that, you know, I thought it'd be, I thought it'd be a full day process and it was like an hour, <laughs> you know, so we were, it's like, really? So like, we're done? <laughs> and, uh, so it's just stuff like that, but I know it's going to get way more in depth as, as we get more into it. You know, they were obviously so focused, you know, uh, on what they had upcoming, um, getting ready for the Indy 500 with the teams that they were running. And uh, it was nice to get to come here, kind of, you know, listen to some radio communication, um, just to get to see all their hospitality, stuff like that in May. Um, I think that's just getting eyes on stuff a year in advance will hopefully, you know, make things a little less overwhelming, you know, for next year. So I thought that was really important to come to a practice day and then also get to come to the to the race for a little while just to just to get reminded of how crazy this place becomes you know with all the people and the ceremonies and, and all of that so i think getting eyes on it all was good and will hopefully you knock some of the edge off you know next year 
two more people I want to recognize, say hi to Doug Bowles, president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug, and, of course, uh, Greg Walter, the executive vice president and GM at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Thank you for being here as well. We'll open up for questions. We have roving microphones on either side, so just raise your hand. We'll begin here in the front row with Bruce, and then we'll go to Jordan on the other side. Mr. H., you've always been a stock car guy, but what does the Indianapolis 500 represent to you? Well, it's, you know, I think Daytona and the Indy, Indy 500, and I got to do the 24 hours of the mall, so I'm kind of getting my bucket full here. And, uh, you know, I never dreamed I'd go to Daytona in, the, in a stock car. And so we're coming up on 40 years next year, and uh, this is such a, an unbelievable place. Uh, the, and you, that in Charlotte doing those the 600 in this race, uh, it's going to be – it's going to be unbelievable. I, uh, and, you know, we all talked about it. Kyle wanted to do it, and uh, we're just very fortunate that Aaron McLaren were able to put it together for us. And uh, so I can't wait to have that car in the museum. And also, uh, early in your career, you had an Indianapolis 500 Rookie of the Year drive for you, Tim Richmond. Yeah. Did he ever tell you a lot of tales and stories about what it was like? Uh, Tim Richmond told me a lot of tales. <laughs> he, 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 you know, he, he just said it was cool, and uh, you know, he's he's a he's talent a lot like Kyle. He just wants to race anything, drive anything, and uh, but no, he never he never spent much time telling me about this race. And this is for Gavin and Kyle. The fact the GM Technical Center is in Huntersville. How big of an advantage will that be for Kyle to work on the simulator? It's already been an advantage. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, just walking across the road for, for Kyle. So, uh, you know, we're down there all the time uh, working at the GM Performance Center on our on our program. So, yeah, it makes it pretty handy when we've got a day or got some time and get Kyle over there. Yeah, no, it's I, I when I'm in town, I work out there in the morning. So, you know, I spend a lot of time at the Chevy Center. You know, may just be in the gym, but... Um, yeah, you know, it's it's nice, you know, you work out and walk downstairs and hop in the simulator. So um, that facility is state-of-the-art, too. I mean, it, it is truly amazing. They did an amazing job with it. So, and yeah, it's right next door to HMS as well. So it's all it's all right there, everything I need. And, um, yeah, I look forward to, to spending more time in it just to try and prep as much as possible. Jordan, and then we'll go Wolfgang and then Nathan. Go ahead, Jordan. Jordan Bianchi, The Athletic. Uh, Rick, have you been down the road before in putting together an IndyCar program, or is this the first time that it's really gotten serious? Yeah, this is this. Jeff and I, Jeff Gordon and I talked about it, but he wasn't really keen. He was so focused on uh, driving a cup car. and uh, But this is the first time that we really got serious with it. And uh, so Roger and I have talked about it for years. I actually had a sticker on his car a couple of years back. And uh, but no, this is this is the first real effort that uh, we said, hey, let's let's go do it. And then Kyle, uh, what is what is your impressions of being in IndyCar when you've been in the sim and everything? And where have you t where have you done laps? Well, so I did uh, I did Mid Ohio, and it was um, it was uh, I would say like when I first got in it, I, was, I thought I would be out of control and you know in the grass, all this stuff, and and I was like, okay, I feel like I'm doing all right. Like, I feel like I got into a rhythm. And, um, you know, they were just, the engineers and stuff were staying pretty quiet, you know, and just 
they would chime in like, hey, you know, everything looks good. Just keep working on your braking zones and stuff. I'm like, okay, you know, more brake pressure, whatever. Go a little deeper. Like, yeah, you're, that's a little better. I'm like, well, well, how much more do I need? And they're like, well, you, you need about a thousand more pounds of brake pressure. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, you know, so the the max brake pressure there was like 2,800 pounds. You know, that's that's insane. I've never pushed anything that hard. Um, you know, like for instance, here into turn one, we'd be we'd be like 800 pounds of brake pressure max. So trying to get your brain wrapped around slamming the pedal that hard and, and releasing it quickly, but also like maintaining some was just super difficult for me. And I couldn't ever figure it out and uh, felt like I regressed once I got closer to uh, the, the max brake pressure stuff. So, and then yeah, Felix Rosenquist, he showed up and, and was way faster than me. So it was starting to get frustrating, but um, it's just, it was just eye-opening to see, see data, right? Like I've always heard about, you know, the downforce cars and, and braking and all that, but I've never seen, you know, the, the telemetry of, of what they're doing behind the wheel. So that was definitely interesting to see and um, how consistent they can be while pushing that hard was, was pretty wild. So um, definitely eye-opening. And, and like I've said, you know, in other interviews, like no matter the result from, from this whole experience, I'm going to come out of it a better race car driver. I already have, I think, just in the short amount of time I spent in the simulator. So, um, you know, it's definitely having the support that I do from, from the teammates at Aero McLaren as well as Chevrolet and, and drivers who have, you know, raced any cars, stuff before, as well as stock cars. Um, you know, I'll, I'll have a lot of people to lean on to, uh, to soak up a lot of knowledge. So very, very thankful for that. Wolfgang and then Nathan. Go ahead. I have uh, two questions again. Uh, one for Gavin, one for Mr. Hendrick. Gavin, also uh, NASCAR and IndyCar, two different cars. Is there anything from the engineering point of view you can take to your advantage into the IndyCar business? And a question to Mr. Hendrick. Before you started the cooperation with Arrow McLaren, do you ever play with the idea to set up your own IndyCar team besides your NASCAR operation? I'll start here. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, obviously very different race cars, but at the end of the day, uh, still run on four tires, and um, really, there's a lot in common with any 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 type of racing, I think. Uh, and you know, probably the the most in, most in common thing is they're all uh, driven by, driven by talented human beings, hopefully. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think we're already kind of exploring how we can work together to kind of raise the bar on, on both in both programs and that that's been quite exciting. Uh, you know, any time that you spend time in any uh racing environment, uh, downforce power, uh you know, of course we we can't do much to our cars. We basically can't just little spring shock uh and uh Tire uh, air, that it. So, but these cars, uh, just watching them. I think the fact that our teams have been together, and we watched the Kyle's watched the Indy race, listen to the radio, and and Kevin's going to listen to the radio today, and how these guys communicate. So every every time we're together, there's something that we see. Uh, we'll probably get more out of what they're doing then they're going to get out of what we're doing but it's i think the the big deal is 
the cooperation and when people work together, you can't, uh, no, nothing is as good as communication with smart people. And uh, everybody's open-minded. We know what we don't know, and we're not trying to get in the middle of what they know. But uh, like he said, the tech center's right there, and, uh, you know, Eric's here today and Jim and responsible for building that place. And uh, we've got all the tools and all the all we need, and uh, we just need a little time in the car. And, uh, you know, we, we're taking this one step at a time, but uh, it's just fun talking to racers and talking about what makes a difference in what they do, and they'll see what we're doing. So the, the communication is really good, and uh, we'll come away from this. Uh, all of us will be better off. We have time for one, maybe two. Go ahead, Nathan. Gavin, um, ahead of this hopeful ROP for Kyle in October, what other um, simulation plans, tests, whether it be on an oval or a road course, do you guys have in line to get Kyle ready and prepared for that October test? Yeah, we're, we're building out that plan, so we'll kind of um, communicate that once it's all kind of finalized. But, um, yeah, just in general, trying to maximize everything we can to turn to get to, to get up and running um, as best as possible. Um, and just sort of get back into that last that question as well as while Kyle was sort of saying no matter what the results are out of this, he'll be a better race car driver come out of a better race car driver. I love that because that's kinda how I see it for the team. You know, no matter how we, we do on this and we'll put our everything in to making it a success, I think we'll come out of it as, as better race teams and that's that's the mentality I, I love and, and preach, so nice to hear that. I would, am I right to assume that you guys would probably have to go to a track like Texas to, or somewhere like that to run uh, a shorter oval test before coming to IMS, or will be, he be able to come here on the oval straight away? Uh, come here straight away, but I think uh, we definitely wouldn't rule out other oval testing before coming back here next year. Um, so that's definitely something we're looking at. Cool. Thanks. Uh, one final question. I got a text from someone in the room. Kyle, can you rate... Uh, your driver's coach, <laughs> Tony. Yeah, no. It's uh, honestly, I, I'm, I am, I was very happy to hear. I, I didn't realize that you know Tony was sticking around to be a specialty advisor for uh, Aero McLaren, and um, you know we we have you know past experience working with each other, being teammates at the Rolex 24 Hour with Chip, and. Um, you know, Tony and I are the same size, so we use the same insert. So we've got we've got well, he's got way bigger muscles than me. But besides that, you know, we've got uh, I think a lot in common. So um, no, I'm just uh, I I think he's going to be able to help me a lot. He's he's a past champion of the event, won a number of IndyCar races. He's just so experienced. So um, I'm going to be leaning on him the most for sure. And, and I think. You know, he's so easy to to talk to and work with that you know he's gonna he's gonna help me and and get me you know, steered in the right direction very quickly. Is that the answer you're looking for? I mean, no I might pressure. jump in that you, that you were surprised how quick the uh, seat fit away. That's just because yeah, you you basically just fit. Tony. I just I, I sat and turned, <laughs> like, yeah, just make it like this. <laughs> uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, congratulations on the unveil today, guys. Thank you. Uh, countdown certainly on 287 days to the 108th running of the Indianapolis 500, presented by Gamebridge, and of course the Coke 600 as well, and the Hendrick 1100. Thanks, everyone.
There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, guys, there we have it. Uh, all three series winners, plus a little look at the Indianapolis 500 with Hendricks with Kyle Larson driving. That's going to be pretty impressive, like 240-something days. And I think the plan is for him to drive that and then hop on an airplane and go down to Charlotte and run the 600. So he's going to have a busy day. Well, he gets a good workout at the dirt tracks. and I mean, this guy races, he'd race seven days a week. Yep. 365 days a year, he could. He loves the sport, and that's what we need. So, Tom, I appreciate you inviting me. Uh, your final thoughts of the weekend? Well, the racing was excellent, in my opinion. We had, you know, last lap finishes, uh, winners that, that that made the move in the last lap, uh, a little fender banging, um, a lot of action plowing grass down in the bus stop. Um, yeah, that, all three series were, were that good. And uh, the facility's great. It was full. It was a campground sellout. You, I don't think you could fit another camper in this joint. And there's a lot of square area to fill. So um, excellent weekend. Thank you to the uh, Watkins Glen International staff. Um, they uh, put on a great show. Absolutely, Tom. Uh, I'll tell you my takeaway from there. I hear a lot of complaints about the, the uh, stage racing. This particular weekend, they had the stage racing without the, without the stopping of the race. No stage breaks. So that really, to me, it made the race go faster and smoother. And then to see that all these guys try to go through the uh, that bus stop, which I'm, I'm I have not got no video for the bus stop, but I do have it. I just hadn't had time to bring it up. But guys, we're all leaving. We're headed to the Coke. 0400 will be in the fan zone. We're going to be in the infield. Just look for that famous Dale Earnhardt's first motor coach, <laughs> number three. The number three machine. You'll see it, the big three on the side. Uh, stop by, get a picture of it, tag us in it, tag the motor coach in it. We'll have the light on so you'll be able to see where it's at. Uh, hey, we're just, I'm just looking forward to it, Tom. Hopefully we're going to have some good weather and yeah, you know, uh, the Mel Tillis song, It's a Long Way to Daytona. Well, it really isn't because uh, we're, we're going to be there Friday. And uh, that's a race. That's an exciting race. I've gone it's, – it's, when we get through this one, I'll have been to 45 consecutive 400s. I've seen a lot of stuff happen there. And uh, even last year, uh, we, had, we had a splash of rain towards the end. They didn't throw the caution. Uh, we, we had a lot of cars sliding around in Austin Dillon 1. Um, and but it's one of those race tra- tracks where you could have uh, some a sleeper, a dark horse that you would never bet on to win, and can come up front and w- win the race. So don't miss out. Come on down to Daytona International Speedway. So if we got around to talk to you and met you, hopefully this morning you li- listen to the show. If you enjoyed the winners, every Monday morning is exactly what you heard this morning. We bring the winners uh, early Monday morning, uh, nine central, ten eastern. And let you judge your own. A lot of folks don't get to hear this. So, uh, guys, that light shining, and we're going to get ready. I'm going to let uh, Southeast Airlines do the driving. 
And that don't happen very often with me. There are 16 spots in the playoffs and just one track left. Well, not just any track. We're basically going to have to win. Daytona. A last chance to keep playoff hopes alive. One point to the good. And for fans to experience an event unlike any other. Yeah! NASCAR Weekend at Daytona International Speedway, August 25th and 26th. Get your tickets now at DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. All right, we're going to give a big shout-out to the Speakeasy. We got our cars bunched for four nights there. Great group of people. Jim Watkins, Glenn, they're always out here on one of the main drags, and they put on a great show. Go check those guys out. Excellent establishment. And um, the uh, the one next door, the Pole City Club, uh, puts on a good good show, too. So you can start with a Speakeasy and head up to the Pole Center. You don't have to walk far, and then we walk down, then you down to another one. Right? There's, a, there's a tiki bar right there, T-Bone into that one uh, on the road, so uh, that's a good stopover, too, good folks over there. So go check them out. Uh, they also have a Watkins Glen fan page, so uh, don't believe everything you read on there. Read the, uh, the Facebook page, the unofficial Watkins Glen campground site. Uh, what, what the insight goes and what goes on in the campground, that's your page. All right, folks, that light will be shining. We'll be united. Stay tuned. Look for the light.